Welcome to the next episode of Touch Em All. I'm your host, Hayden McDaniel, and today in person, I have the Latino lady magnet himself, Mr. Jose Del Rio. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the lockout and the meeting that happened yesterday, but then we're going to jump into free agency. We're going to predict some of the top free agents, where they're going to land, and we're going to play a little game um, about a good, take, take, play a little throwback. We're going to go back and talk about some of the top five players that we wish we could have seen back in the heyday. And also, it is Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to predict the Super Bowl. We're going to talk a little football for about maybe five seconds today, as it is Super Bowl Sunday. We're going to predict the Super Bowl. And yeah, we're going to have a little fun today. But Jose, we're here in person. We're in Bogart, Georgia today at a Super Bowl party, giving a, our pre-Super Bowl recording at our good buddy Andrew Todd's house. Shout out to Andrew as he is downstairs making some really good chicken wings for us. Jose, though, we are here in person for the first time, which is really cool because uh, it's the first episode. Many people may not know. I was re- I was actually still in Mexico on a long vacation. Uh, somehow we had some technical problems. Actually, not for my end, but anyway. Uh, but for the first time, we get to record together and. Uh, the lovely Island Time Inn is the name of this house, uh, a house of parties. Hopefully, we're going to be able to see a bunch of good baseball games from here. Um, but, uh, yeah, lots has happened this week, Hayden, from uh, our good friend, Manfred. Oh, and uh, That guy. And there's a lot more that is going to happen with the free agency. I think a lot of people have forgotten. You have some huge names out there like Freddie Freeman, of course, and Art. You know, we were talking Braves. But big names like Correa and Trevor Story, Castellanos. Some of these guys that are going to uh, need a place to be. And this lockout, I don't know what it's going to do to these players because uh, maybe less time to really work out a contract. It's going to make things really interesting. Obviously, the commissioner of baseball has no cares in the world about that or Absolutely. the game itself uh, because we're still in the same situation as we were last week when we talked. And this is just uh, getting out of hand. Uh, and our precious game is taking more and more hits as the clock continues to roll. Yes, rant alert. Um, yeah, so Rob Manfred, for those that have been living under a rock, that are baseball fans that are listening to this podcast, Rob Manfred on Thursday came out with a press conference and said, look, losing games would be the most disastrous situation that could occur during this lockout. And he came out and he was very optimistic, put on a very good act that he was optimistic that a deal was going to get done very soon. And y'all, yesterday we go to this lockout, and it just seems like we're—I mean, we made a little bit of progress, but not the progress that we were hoping to make um, when it comes to the lockout. And to me, it, Rob Manfred already had a, had little credibility as it was from the All Star Game, moving the All Star Game out of Atlanta after everything that happened last uh, last year. And then you, you go back to 2017 and the way he handled the cheating scandal out in Houston. So Rob Manford was kind of on his last leg with me as it was. It's as if I already didn't like the guy. I, I mean, to me now, I, I will never believe a word that he says when it comes to anything. Because, I mean, you came out yesterday and you're like, a deal's going to get done. Or he came out yesterday and said, a deal's going to get done very, very soon. And you literally wet the bed yesterday. Yep. When it came to um, the deal, it just seems like the players were still unimpressed with it. So it's here we are again. Yeah, I mean, 
I honestly, whenever I saw the, I didn't see the conference, the, the press conference he had. I, I read a little bit about it. Um, and honestly, I gave him a little benefit of the doubt. He came out and said, you know, I'm a former labor uh, guy for Major League Baseball. Uh, we can't afford, basically saying we can't afford to lose, uh, to, you know, lose time or lose games, miss games. Um, so he sounded like he was optimistic and he kept saying, you know, the steel that they're going to put up front. And there were some agreements. You got the, you got, from the baseball side of things, it seems like everything's worked out. Sorry to interrupt you there, Jose. But yeah. from the baseball side of things, it seems like everything's worked out. We got the universal DH where the draft pick compensation thing was worked out to where now it seems like tanking is not going to be as much of a problem in the league. So we're hoping that, you know, maybe that will, uh, maybe that will go away once we do, once baseball does resume. But the economic side of things, it, it just seems like they're still very far apart on getting a deal done. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, he came out and said that there were uh, the universal DH and the whole uh, lottery for the drafts, which is good. It, it solves some issues. But honestly, that is does not go far enough into what the players really want, and that is bring up, uh, have more, com- just salary-wise, be more competitive. I think... And they want up a, com- a couple million dollars. Uh, they know what the players want. And here's the thing that people forget. Manfred could end the lockout today if he wanted to. Absolutely. He, he could keep it a status quo and you start negotiations. But what they really are trying to do, in my opinion now, is Manfred came out to act like he had uh, credibility. He came out to put on a show of, it's us, Major League Baseball, and guess what? We want the game to be played. They want to paint themselves as the good guys in all this. So that's why they had that press conference that was really of no substance. And they want to paint the players as the guys who just are showing up. They don't have, they just don't want, they want more money. They want to show them as the greedy guys. But put it this way, Major League Baseball in all this time did not start even talking to the players. Took them a full month. They could have been talking right away, I think December 3rd, whatever the day was. They, they've only put out two proposals this whole time. They sit around, do nothing. They're literally trying to back the players into a wall and to make them look like the bad guys, and they, they don't care if the game gets delayed. Um, they, they, that's the least of their worries. They want to paint this players in a bad picture, and that's what Manfred came out and did, did uh, the other day on Thursday. Made it seem like he was very optimistic just to make the players seem like, oh, they don't care. Uh, and, and they haven't really done much to, to get to the players' uh, what they're demanding, like, come on, pay the players. You have the money. What is what is the holdup? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, <clears throat> to me, it, it's just frustrating because we lost a lot of baseball in 2020 due to COVID. It's a completely different situation due to COVID. There weren't we we didn't get to attend baseball games. The closest you could get in Atlanta was just going and watching the game outside the battery. Um, but we didn't get to go inside the stadium. We didn't get to see baseball. And I think a lot of us still have a lot of lingering effects from that. And we're thinking, here we go again with a possible another delay, two delays in three years. And it just seems like, you know, you would think the owners would be a little bit more urgent. You're, you're talking about money. I've talked about this before. I mean, you, you've got tickets to sell. You've got merchandise. You've got um, concessions. Everything that the fans pay for when it comes to um, – when it comes to going to games and attending baseball games, everything that the, pan, that the fans pay for go towards the team, go towards the owners. So you would think, okay, we can't afford to lose any more of that. But they're just, I mean, 
I don't know what's going to happen in the next few days. Miracles can happen. Miracles happen all the time. But, man, I was not encouraged by seeing that, you know, we didn't make much progress yesterday. I mean, I'm happy to see that the universal DH thing has worked out. The draft pick compensation thing has worked itself out. The baseball side of things look good. Um, I, I'm for the universal DH, honestly. I, I, I think it adds an extra bat. And it, and it kind of plays into a little bit more strategy. Although I will miss seeing Max Freed, you know, hitting some gappers here and there. Yes, yes. Um, maybe he'll come in and pinch it from time to time. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But um, other than that, I'm for the universal DH. Um, but in the draft pick conversation, like I said, you're going to limit tanking. You're going to see teams hopefully put in more effort into trying to win games even after after they are eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. So or, or playoff contention or whatever it is. So, uh, I don't know. Baseball side of things look good. Core economics are where I'm a little bit concerned at this point. I've been very optimistic throughout that we're going to get baseball. And I think we still will get baseball, but I just hope we get it before the – I'm at the point now, let's get it before the month of May um, so that we can at least have 100, 100 and some odd games to play because a 60-game season – that 60-game season had me on edge every single game because – it was a 60-game stretch, and you were playing. Every game was important. But um, but I'm, I don't know. I'm still hoping that the game of baseball is played soon um, and that, you know, players can get to spring training. But, uh, but man, Manfred, dude, you've lost all credibility to me at this point. And yeah. the people that are siding with him, y'all are just as delusional and just as, um, just as far-sighted. From all this as he is. So uh, Manfred came out and really seemed like he had a, he basically said he was making a good offer and that canceling games would be disastrous, which is what we've wanted to hear. Yes. That is, that that's what we all see, that this would be disastrous for the game. However, what happens yesterday? Uh, basically, one of the top, John Heyman, who I don't really like on Twitter, who happens to be basically Punk. kind of his spokesperson, a paid man to speak for him and act like he's an insider, whatever, basically said, um, you know, they knew that the agreement carried nothing and had no hope from the beginning. They were just putting something out there. When Manfred came out and basically said that they had a great agreement, or sorry, that they were putting out a good proposal, but really, according to them, their spokesperson, they really didn't have a substance. So they knew it all along. They've admitted they were trying to lie. Uh, and again, Manfred is a liar who's all about money. Um, and the game of baseball just sits and watches and hope, uh, something happens. You know, we have a Super Bowl today and all those views and ratings, why can't it be baseball? Right. Why can't we start making a, a headway towards that way? And it's a great game. I mean, now more than ever, we have some of these players who are really putting it out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Really having it, you They're know, great ambassadors. Yeah. And, uh, Baseball, we're just you know trying to get more money. Yep. And I, honestly, there obviously the season will not start on time. There's no way that spring training can start within what is supposed to start next week, technically. Yeah, I, I think I think what I'm hearing is, and granted, this is at this point, this is even looking dim. You could start spring training later, but still start the season on time, which I guess would cause a few players to be a little bit behind. But. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, and you've got the whole a whole other situation. I don't mean to bring this up because I know we kind of want to move on to the next part of the story, the, the exciting part of the baseball side of things. Um, you had 
the MLB, which I think is a low blow, and I think this is about as dirty as it comes, you hire a spokesperson to go out and argue why minor leaguers shouldn't be paid during spring training. Mm. To me, that I saw that yesterday. Over eight hundred dollars an hour, they're paying this guy. Yeah, they're paying almost eight hundred dollars an hour, and it's like, dude, you could put a lot of that money into your minor league baseball players, pay them a thousand dollars a week while they're in spring training, while they're taking time away from their families, while they're putting the effort into um, be, be taking it to that next step. And their excuse was, "Oh, well, the experience and the training facilities that we provide them should be enough. We shouldn't have to pay them." Bull crap. Bull crap. Get your crap together, MLB, and start treating these minor league players the way they deserve to be treated. Well, they're not even treating the big players of baseball good, much less why would they even care about the the minor leaguers. The future of your organization, the team, guy that's going to bring in those They're so greedy that they're paying a spokesperson to make society think otherwise about what's actually happening. This is not – this is all about money on their end, and they don't care if they – to them, baseball is a business, not a sport, and – yeah, I mean, you have that. Of course, you got to run a team well, business business wise. But what keeps happening is the society starts getting away from this great sport. Basketball is like getting so much more views. Obviously, football is now more than ever in the history of American sports. There's so many things you can actually see and, and do. You know, online you got esports, all the all the social media gaming stuff, um, all the vlogs, all the things that capture people's attention, and all the—I mean, this is all the direct competition of baseball and any other sport. These kids are not participating in sports anymore, right? And there should be every single reason to make the sport more reachable, to to invest in the young generation that are coming up in schools, you know, whatever it takes to grow the sport. I don't know what the future of sports in the U.S. is, but even more sad, what the future of baseball is because America's the numbers are past showing. Time. Yes. America's pastime. The ratings have been down over the last yeah. – ever since Rob Manford took over. <laughs> um, there's, there's, a, there's a correlation there, Manford. Um, maybe, maybe you need to – but you're not, you're not. We know you're not going to step down. But um, Well, and you – I've said this before. Who, who does uh, Manford represent? It's not the players. MLB. It's not the players. Who votes him in? It's all the owners. So he doesn't care if he's not popular. Obviously, they asked him in the press conference. His whole thing was, well, I don't pay attention to social media. You're the commissioner of baseball. You're telling me you're not going to listen to the demands of the of what the modern day fan is on Twitter, you know, social media, whatever. You're not even going to pay attention. Surely somebody in New York uh, has a job to look at social media to, to see what the ratings are, to see what the views of baseball is. His answer basically showed what we all know. He right. doesn't care what anyone else thinks. He cares what the owners think. He cares about how much money they make. Uh, and another point he made that was really frustrating, he said that um, being a, an owner, you know, you're making your return on investment is much less than the stock market. And actually somebody luckily on, I think, Reddit, uh, decided to hey let's take the numbers let's see what the return is uh, you know for a team buying a team and uh, the stock market turns out owning a team is very very profitable oh, so yeah. again Manfred's job is to be a puppy of the owners he is to be showing that that he needs more money and his 
and uh, the players don't need as much. And uh, who cares? Who cares if the game of baseball goes down with them? As long as they make money, no no care in the world. And I know, Hayden, you're, you're talking about these um, teams losing a lot of money on merch and all of that. Yeah, that's 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 big. But they don't care because in the long run, they know they could make even more money by squeezing the margins, by taking more from the players, by making it harder. So, you know, it's just going to he- keep happening. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%, Jose. Um, I, I think it's just we're going to have to wait and see what happens over the next um, over the next few weeks. Um, I, I'm, I hope. I hope. I'm not as optimistic as I have been. I hope we see something soon because the, game, the integrity of the game is on the line. And as someone who loves baseball as much as I do, I would hate to see the integrity just completely crash because of a clown that's in charge of the game. Um I mean, literally, you look at the guy. You could put a red nose on his on his. You could put a little red thing on his nose, squeeze it. He'd look just like a clown. I'm well, we've you. seen those posters. But honestly, Hayden, if let's say Manfred steps down or whatever, he's done. They're going to put another guy that's going to just think the same way as he is. It's not just a Manfred problem; it's an owner's problem. And the players, props to the players, to stand up and absolutely not give in. They haven't really given. In. And a couple things they have, but not in major things. And props to them for sitting there and sticking up for the game. Because, as honestly, I would hate for the season to be delayed, but I would rather see the players get what they want and these agreements put into place that helps the game of baseball in the future. And sure, we can take a hit this year in terms of time and game we play, but if the things are actually put into place and they put some pressure into the owners, because the owners know they're going to lose a lot of money. But they're testing the lines. They're testing to see how far the players are going to go. And props to them to, to stand up with their union. And you could you see it now on the internet, um, on social media. Some of these big-name players uh, have banded together. I've seen everyone from Acuna to Scherzer to, to put up some good fights on social media to, to back themselves. And uh, as they should, because this is the game of baseball that we all love. And, and, and they're really the, the first line of defense because, obviously, Manfred doesn't care about the fans. Right. Yeah, uh, this whole thing's got me liking Max Scherzer right now, and honestly, I don't like that. I don't like that feeling of having to like Max Scherzer right now. But he's doing what you know everybody needs to be doing. Yeah, uh, all the players should be doing is sticking up for the game of baseball. Uh, but speaking of Max Scherzer, we will now transition into free agency because I mean he is one of the guys that signed a really big contract, big time before um, before the lockout occurred. To your favorite team. Oh, I know. My all-time favorite team, the New York Mets. He signed a big money deal. Um, three years worth $130 million in those three years. Um, to be honest with you, I respect Matt Scherzer as a pitcher, but I think the Mets definitely overpaid him there. Um, and th- To me, though, that's not the most surprising deal of it all because overall, before the lockout, let's, let's take a look back at free agency before the lockout occurred. Over almost two billion dollars was spent from in about a three about a two week span before yeah. the lockout um, of players being signed. Mm-hmm. You had Corey Seager with a ten year three hundred twenty five million dollar deal to go to the Texas Rangers. Then on the other hand, the Rangers are like, oh, y'all thought that was cool. We're also going to add Marcus Seaman for seven years, one hundred seventy five million. So you've got fifty seven and a half million dollars per year wrapped up in those two players. Which, granted, those are two players that you need in order for your team to succeed. Because you got a shortstop and you got a second baseman. And then you got Javi, Javi Baez going to the Tigers 
for six years, 140 million, and that's at an average of about 23.3 million a year. And then Max Scherzer, of course, going three years, 130 million with 43.3 million a year. Wow. And let's let's not forget about Robbie Ray getting five years, 115 million. The list goes on and on. Um, but man, we saw some big time money being being laid out there um, from many different teams. Um, I'll tell you, the Max Scherzer thing doesn't scare me as a Braves fan. No. Honestly, we faced him when he was in Washington. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, yeah, uh, a Max Scherzer, Jake DeGrom rotation looks really good on paper. And but, it is, yes. And, and it is, if they're healthy. Neither of these guys have been able to stay healthy. And, you know, Scherzer in, games, in, the, in the postseason run, his arm gave out. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean uh, it's the Mets being the Mets when so, it comes to Yeah, I was actually just about to say that, the Mets being the Mets. Um, what really – so I know Hayden has heard my frustration about free agency and how the Braves have handled it because I'm kind of like, you got to go for the big guys sometimes. The Braves don't, don't normally do that. The last time they did – uh, do you remember the Upton brothers? <laughs> yeah. How bad all everything happened. Think Justin good. was all right. Yeah. Elvin was a joke. Yeah. So as time is happening, you know, as time goes on, I, I kind of get worried about these massive, massive contracts. Um, and just look at the Padres, for instance, who signed some huge names. I mean, they've got Tatis locked up for a long time. Yeah. The game of baseball is tough and it changes quickly. Uh, the players change quickly. And I do believe the Mets have made a mistake by paying that much money for that pitcher when they really should focus a little more on their pitching has been not awful, but on paper, but they've always failed. I mean, they had the Grom, Syndergaard, all these big stars, and guess what? They didn't perform. So, and, and, I mean, Pete Alonso was great his first few seasons, but now he's, I mean, the Mets, he's not as good as he was. The Mets are going to be Mets, and I'm not too worried. And, heck, they could have an amazing season just like they had a good start last year, and, of course, they collapsed. Um, they but still don't collapse. I, I was Mets. watching a podcast, actually, with Matzik, and uh, they were asking him about last year and how he felt, you know, when they were so down. You know the Mets being so doing so well, and he and he told somebody, no, the Mets are the Mets. They're going to collapse some way somehow. Their fans <laughs> boo their own players. Their fans are total douchebags to their own players. Absolutely. Um, money does not equal wins, and I have no idea what the Rangers are doing. Just buying huge names and just hoping they're going to win. Apart from the, the new stadium that they just built, it's not. It's not. You don't win championships that way. I mean, look at the Yankees, and I'm happy that and- it doesn't happen anymore. Let's take a, let's take a look on the West Coast. Look at the Angels. I love the Angels. I love Mike Trout. I love a lot of the guys that the Angels have brought. I mean, brought in. They brought in Albert Pujols for many years. Mike Trout. Um, they have Anthony Rendon now. They just signed Noah Syndergaard. That on paper looks like a good team. Mm-hmm. But the Angels. I think I looked it up the other day. Their last playoff run was like 2011. Wow. And Mike Trout, I don't think, has seen the postseason since he got to the MLB. No, I don't think so. And, and he deserves it. He's the best player that we've seen. Imagine him in a World Series game. But baseball is a game of 162 games. So what happens? You have to be good for a long time. Right. Um, and it's not just about having a bunch of good players in one team. Do you remember when the Phillies signed that huge staff Roy Os- Oswald, they had um, Roy Holiday. Roy Holiday. Uh, darn, I, uh, what's the other Was guy? Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee, and then they had the guy that came to the Braves that <laughs> only not even played the game. Uh, oh, dang it, what is his name? Cole Hamels, I think. Yes. Um, 
And that was, everybody's like, this is the big, the best rotation we've ever seen. This is going to beat the Braves, you know, 1995 rotation. Um, and what happened? Those guys it collapsed. Yeah. It, so it's not all about the big names. In my opinion, as you saw it in the Braves winning this year, you saw it with the even the Dodgers, right? 2020, as much as I hate them, uh, at least the 2020 Dodgers, uh, and, and, and the 2019 Nationals. No huge names. It's just things clicked and players performed when they needed it, and that's how you win a World Series. Uh, I think the days of the Yankees basically paying to win are over, and I'm glad. We're seeing – I don't think we've had a repeat uh, in, in baseball in a very long time, at least 20-plus years. It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. Repeating in yeah. any sport is hard to do. I mean, you look at, this, you look at college football, you look at the NFL – over the last 20 years, who's been the best team in the NFL overall? The 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 standard. The New, New England Patriots. Yes. They won seven Super Bowls in pro, in the last 20 years. But they only repeated in one of those super in one of the in one time in that stretch. Mm-hmm. Alabama in college football has been the standard for the last 15 years. They've won six national championships in the last 15 years. Only once did they repeat. Um, so it, it, it in baseball, like you said, Jose, it's hard it's 162 games. It's a grind. It's a grind every single year to get to where you are going. I mean, you get to the postseason. I guarantee you, not a single player on any team in the postseason is 100 percent healthy. Yeah. Um. So I mean, so it's very difficult to repeat. The Dodgers showed that last year. Um. So yeah. and the Dodgers have been to th- three World Series in the past five years. They've only won one of them. So it. it, it Baseball is a very hard game to win. I don't care what people say, um, but you so, can't pay to make chemistry. Right. You just can't, and that's what it takes to make a World Series winning team. Um, and you see with the Dodgers for such a long time, they've been buying these huge name contracts, and they some of these players may not perform. So I'm more on the side of build within, right? Build your players. Um, I hate to always come back, not really, but to the Braves. Right. I was about to say that. Someone like Austin Riley, we could have given up on him. And and many fans did call for that. Uh, I called for that at the beginning of the season. Uh, Yeah. I I have to admit that. I called for Austin Riley to be traded. Yeah. But I'm glad it didn't happen. Now he, in many, in my opinion, he's one of the MVPs of the, of the oh, playoffs. The, he is the MVP he of the 2022 cl- season for the Braves. Yes. Absolutely. Huge, 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 huge. And, I mean, you got to build within. You saw that in many World Series teams that have won, it's names names get built in the postseason. They don't get bought. It's twenty. I said 2022. It's 2021 Braves. Sorry, yeah. guys. Well, I definitely jumped They're going to repeat, so you're going to be right. So. Right. But. But yeah, you're right, Jose. Austin Riley. Um, I, I was kind of frustrated with him um, at the beginning of the season, and I mean, he 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 could not hit those off-speed pitches, and it drove me insane to watch him just swing and miss all the time. Well, now he kind of came into his own. He hit 30 homers this season, got almost 100 RBIs. Might have had 100 RBIs. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and I, I seriously think he could be. I mean, probably this, he could go down as one of the best third basemen in Atlanta Braves history. I don't want to call him the best yet because I think Chipper Jones, he's got a long way to go it's before he's going to Chipper Jones. But, I mean, if he continues on this path, he could be that guy. Um, and then you've got guys like Dansby Swanson, who you and I have both been very hard on mm-hmm. um, when it comes to. He can field. 
he, he can field. He's a very he, – his bat is give or take, but when he's hot, he's hot. Yeah. But you're all, he's always a dependable glove in the infield. And, I mean, you need good defense sometimes. And, I mean, you got that in Dansby Swanson. And then, I mean, there are many other guys we could talk about that have come through the Braves farm system. Ozzie Albies, Ronald Acuna, uh, who unfortunately didn't get to play in the World Series due to his injury. But we're excited to see many more seasons of Ronald Acuna down the line. Max Freed. All of these players you just named have started in the Braves system and moved their way up. Right. Uh, which is amazing. You know, our World Series team doing that. The, yeah. It took a long time, but it can happen. So, um, anyway, we're going to talk about some of these players, free agents. We're going to dig into free agency a little bit. Um, first, we're going to start out with a player who was traded at the deadline this year. Um, started out with the Chicago Cubs, got shipped on the day of the deadline to San Francisco to play for the Giants, and was probably a key piece for the Giants, being able to stay consistent and get to the postseason. We're talking about Chris Bryant. He is an all-around. He can play third base. He can also play the outfield. I think he can play a little bit of first base. I'm not 100% sure. He's a pretty consistent player overall. The Braves, I was kind of an advocate for the Braves going and getting him to help build their outfield. Thankfully, after hearing some stories, I'm glad we didn't. Um, but let's talk about Chris Bryant. Yeah. Where Overall, where is a good landing spot for Chris Bryant for a team that needs a solid bat or a solid glove even? I, You and I were talking about this before the podcast, and I like I think he would be good with the Mariners because Absolutely. they need a third baseman. However, I don't know what will happen when this whole lockout stops. What's going to happen? Our team's going to go right after people, and the bidding war is going to get really tight. I don't know. And if that's the case, are the Mets done blowing their money? I wouldn't be surprised. What a terrible place for Chris Bryant to go and basically lose his career because everyone that goes to the Mets seems to just, I mean, look at how your bias. Sterling Marte, uh, we're praying for you, brother. Uh, <laughs> some of these players, I mean, it just seems like good players go to die over there. Or could he go to somewhere like the Phillies who – I didn't know the Phillies have not been to the. I didn't realize they have not been to the playoffs in over in a decade. Yeah, signing I mean, signing a guy to three hundred thirty million dollars didn't work out so well for you so far. Has Philadelphia? Well, they have a lot of things to learn, but and it, that's no back to our point about signing these huge, huge contracts. Uh, that's not going to guarantee you anything. And I knew the Bryce Harper as douchebag as a player he is. How do you? Uh, Blow that kind of money, and I think the Phillies have kind of realized, hey, we just that was a terrible thing, you know. But uh, good for the Nationals going and winning the World Series without you got Juan Soto, who is just as good, if not better, than Bryce Harper. And the better, guy better is than... good, he's better, in my opinion, oh, yeah. and he's a good player. Soto, you see that guy just going at it, he's not out there making a show for himself. Team, great teammate. I mean, that's what you want. That's so, anyway, Chris Bryant, I, I, I can see those possible spots. Who knows how the market's going to be? I mean, I can say this about any guy you, you know you're going to ask about uh, here with, with, as a free agent. But uh, yeah, yeah, for me, I think Chris Bryant would be a great fit. Great fit in Seattle. Um, I think uh, Seattle was very close last year to making the postseason, yeah. and they have that taste of being so close. And they haven't. Seattle hasn't been to the postseason. I started watching baseball in 2002, mm-hmm. like full on watching. They haven't been to the postseason since 2001. So the, Seattle is the only team since I started watching baseball that I haven't seen go to the postseason. And, I mean, when you've been on a drought for that long, 
you know, those fans are get, those fans felt the excitement last year of you having a tell. competitive team. It was so fun to watch the Mariners. I mean, granted, they fell short, but it was so fun to watch them try to come back. And I think those fans, those the 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 front office, they want that taste again. They want, except they want to complete the mission. So I think you got to have a guy like Chris Bryant. I mean, he's been in a World Series before. He's won a World Series um, back in 2016 with the Cubs. You've got a guy with playoff experience, and I think Chris Bryant would be a perfect fit there. Um, I also think I wouldn't be surprised if the San Francisco Giants re-signed Chris Bryant, signed him to a maybe a good with them four or five year deal. I think he liked it out in San Francisco, um, but uh, but you know you, you never know what's going to happen there. Um, or like you said, unfortunately, I can see him going to the Mets or the Phillies, but I think his landing spot will be Seattle. They have a lot of interest in him. They really like him out there. Um, so I, I'm going to predict that he ends up going to Seattle, um, just because I, I, I they want to win. They want to win now. They've got that mindset now. They want to win. Go get a guy that knows how to win in Chris Bryant. Well, and the one thing that makes me think that they may not go for someone as big as Chris Bryant is generally the, the Mariners haven't spent a ton of money on free agents. They've kind of been uh, sideline on that. Yeah. So they, who knows? It would be a great fit. I can't say the fans in uh, in Seattle were really intense. They they, they backed their team up. A beautiful ballpark that I got a chance to visit, and uh, they're happy and they're excited about what their future is. They have some good young talent, so bring someone like him or uh, even someone like Trevor Story in shortstop. I could see that happening. Oh yeah, uh, Trevor, Story. Trevor Story talk. may not be as as uh, as expensive. Jose. Perfect transition, perfect segue. Here we go. I'm We're going to talk about Trevor's story now, <laughs> um, which is a very interesting – to me it's very interesting about Trevor's story because he played for Colorado. Uh, to me, I feel like the Rockies – and this isn't anything to do with how bad uh, – with Trevor's story. This isn't a knock on Trevor's story. The Rockies were dumb not to trade him. I don't know what is going oh, on up gosh, in Colorado. What is going on up there? You and I were talking about this before the show. Um, because you got to think about it. The Rockies, they did trade Arenado to mm-hmm. St. Louis. And you're thinking, okay, smart move. You're going to get something out of him. Now, you want to see kind of what you saw with the Braves back in 2015-2016. Then you've got other guys like Charlie Blackman. You've got... Trevor Story, you've got John Gray on the mound. I mean, and you didn't trade a single soul, and you still finished close to last place. Thank God the Diamondbacks were awful last year, or else you would have been in last place. Yeah, that's but, so crazy. But, um, yeah, what are they doing? I mean, yeah. think about Trevor Story. Um, you're literally in, like, last place or way down there, which I like the Rockies. I can't hate them yeah. as a team. They're, they seem to be good And a very good nice fans. ballpark. Yes, I haven't been, but I hear it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, how can you keep a guy like as big as Trevor Story and not trade him in the dead in the trade deadline to get something out of him? Right. Prospects, money, whatever to start rebuilding. I don't know what their thing is. I mean, I just don't know. And I imagine if they try to go after uh, Trevor Story again, which I don't think they would, but don't know what they're doing. And isn't John Gray? Did where did he sign? Did did he sign somewhere? I want to say he accepted the Rockies arbitration deal. I'm looking at the free agents right now. Yeah, I think um, so. I think, but I mean, John Gray's good. Um, 
I don't or or he might be in line for a trade at some point um, after the lockout is complete um, or lifted. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a free agent, um, I believe. So we'll we'll keep an eye on that as this goes along. So why did you trade him in 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 the uh, trade deadline and get right. something out of him? Now they're out of it. They can't get anything out of him. Right. I don't know what the Rockies are doing. Uh, they might be. I don't know if the the front end or the front office is out uh, having a good time outside of Denver, which I'm, I hear there's a lot of things to do. Oh, that might yeah, make them think yeah absolutely, there is. <laughs> so who knows? But. Uh, Whatever. We'll see what happens. So, Trevor Story, where do you think he's going to land? I think there's, th- again, again another three possible landing spots for Trevor Story. I don't think Colorado is one of them. Um, I think he wants to go somewhere where he can contend and he can win. Yeah. Um, I could see the Yankees making a run at him. Yes. Um, I could see they the, need Ast- a shortstop. the Astros making a run at him. Mm. And where I think he's going to land, I think St. Louis can make a run at him. You get him and Arenado oh, reunited back in that right. infield. I think I think Trevor Story definitely makes a lot of sense for the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, I don't think it'd be that expensive either. No, I don't think it's going to be that expensive because you got to think about it too. Trevor Story has been spending a lot. He spent many years in a hitter's ballpark. Our team's going to take that chance and pay him big money. Wow! Yeah. When they don't, when he doesn't have, I didn't think about that. Uh, I mean, will they? Ah. He's got a good glove though, so his glove could probably he could be, so, he could yeah. turn into another Dansby Swanson. I know people are going to probably absolutely verbally destroy me for making that comparison. No, but you but, want as a shortstop, you think about it. Those guys are not hitting a crazy amount of home runs. They're just they're just there. I mean, it's not a position where you get your power hitters. You want someone to be okay. It's kind of like catching too. Right. You, know? you just want someone to hit and be be okay. Um, I think Trevor Story has a lot of upside. When he started, I don't know if you remember, that guy was hitting, yeah. I don't know how many home runs in a row or something he did that was insane. Right. Uh, he's got that pop. He seems like a great person to have on a team at, at a clubhouse. So, yeah, I think those are good good choices uh, that, that you mentioned. I agree with all of them. I think I think St. Louis is where he's going to end up, though. Him and Arenado in that infield, they're, both very, they're still very good friends. Um, I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me, and that's a team that's always in it till the end, regardless whether it's the wild card or whether it's the one in the division. And I mean, they've made a few World Series appearances. Yeah. So St. Louis, and it's a baseball city. It's yeah. a baseball city. I mean, St. Louis never has been known to make splash splashes. They're kind of like the Braves, I guess you could say, to that extent. But when they do land them, they land them. I mean, they, they land the right guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can see Trevor Story going to St. Louis. Um, let's talk about a little bit of an older free agent. Actually, he's not that old. Looking at this, uh, looking at the the um, the stats here, Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. I Do- like him. Currently, or was a Dodger. Um, you and I have had very many thoughts about him throughout our time as Braves fans and playoff runs. Great pitcher. We just, you know, in the heat of the moment, you got things that you want to say all the time. Um, <laughs> but where, where does he, he go? Going? Yeah, okay, he there going? we go. <laughs> um, by the way, I can smell the fries and the chicken wings. Oh, I know. Shout out this to is, Andrew. Mm, this is good. Um, if we don't have a baseball season, we can say we have some good home cooking in Bogart, Georgia. So <laughs> We're going to have a baseball season. Yes. Yeah, we will. Um, so, 
much respect to Clayton Kershaw. Um, the guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. We all know Absolutely. that. And I've gotten a chance to see him in, you know, pitch a couple times. Um, the Dodgers, who are greedy and want, and just think money can get them championships, and a manager who cannot manage a playoff series, in my opinion. Thank Dude can't manage the public, probably. I mean, <laughs> the guy is literally going based off numbers and just pulling people out, whatever. Uh, a side rant on the Dodgers, and sorry about that. No. Uh, but getting to my point of what's going to happen to Clayton Kershaw, I don't think they're going to sign him back as much as they should. They, they didn't even offer him arbitration. They did or, not even do that. qualifying offer. So I don't think he's going to come back. A team like the Dodgers needs a veteran like Kershaw who's going to be able to mentor some of these young rookies that they have coming up. When you got and, a, when you got a bozo like Trevor Bauer probably coming back too. I mean, Yeah, he could, and... Clayton Kershaw is not only an awesome pitcher that can still pitch for a couple more seasons, in my opinion, um, but I don't think the Dodgers are smart enough to sign someone like that because they're going to look at a book, or sorry, at a computer and say, hey, you know, the numbers don't match up. Throw them out of the way. Obviously, we can see that they didn't even did arbit- or do arbitration with him. So I think uh, you were mentioning the Rangers. that he hey, hey, He's from there. Dallas. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, being closer to home. I think the Rangers would make a lot of sense. Um, honestly, that's about the only – maybe the Blue Jays. Maybe the Imagine Blue Jays. Imagine him in the Atlanta Braves rotation. I are, know. Are you, are, you, are you about – are you making that prediction? I don't Hold know. Hold on. Wait a second. <laughs> Hold up. Wait a second. I don't think we're going to because we just won a World Series. But I just – imagine him and Morton who are veterans. Oh, my god! And then you have – you know, Freed, Soroka possibly coming back, Ooh. and, and uh, Anderson. Oh, my gosh. That is oh. an amazing rotation. I mean, I know a lot of people have been bringing his name, but that is a wish list person and we could bring. That is the kind of guy Alex Anthopoulos would just quietly just, you know, Alex Anthopoulos, when he's working deals, he doesn't talk about it very much. And he shouldn't. Um, and, you know, he doesn't link out, hey, like when Marcelo Zuna got signed, um, he didn't link that out there. Um yeah, any of these guys, Kirby Yates, who we signed before the the lockout, who's going to be a great addition to our bullpen. Be, bullpen if he's healthy. Um, I mean, we had no idea that that was a potential opportunity, but um, I would love to see Clayton Kershaw in Atlanta Braves uniform. Um, man, I think the fans would welcome him. Um, I would welcome him, yeah. even though he's been playing for the Dodgers for many years. And he's a lunch, good guy. He's not a douchebag like Trevor Story in no. any way. So. A good leader in the clubhouse. I mean, the guy is going to be in the Hall of Fame regardless of what, where he goes next. Right, right. Um, and, of course, the playoffs have been a struggle for him. But, hey, you know, we can't hold that against him. Um, so, yeah, that would be good. Heck, who knows what will happen. Yeah. Um, first we need a season. I keep referencing that back. It still grinds my gears that right. we don't have a season. So, um, anyway, yeah. What's, what's the next guy? Next guy. The guy who can apparently never hit a home run at the right time. If there is such a thing, if you go back and watch some YouTube videos, you'll know what I'm talking about. Nick, and I always mispronounce his last name, Castellanos. Castellanos. Currently for the Cincinnati Reds, he declined his qualifying offer from Cincinnati this year, um, which is going to be a big loss for the Reds if he decides not to come back to go back to Cincinnati, which I don't think he's going to, um, unfortunately. Oh, man, those fries do smell good. Yeah, Holy we gotta, cow. We got to start wrapping right this up. Um, <laughs> man, but I, here is my, I'm going to give you my one spot where I think he's going to go. Okay. I think he's going to go to San Francisco. Imagine if they get Chris Bryant back and then you have Castellanos who they have played together in Chicago. 
I mean, I think he's a good addition. The Giants want to stay consistent. They just need to build a little bit more. Um, they have a young team that is yeah. very good. That's but, a good place. But you need a little bit more veteran leadership in that locker room. There you go. Castellanos is approaching 30 years old. His market value is $21.3 million. I think San Francisco takes a, takes a, takes a, a run at him. I've read some spots that the Marlins might be interested in a guy like him. Um, because of him being an older player, well, you know, not too old, but bringing that experience. Uh, I don't think so. I think Miami's just in the game of tanking. Uh, respects to them because they did win a World Series in 2003 with not many big names. We finally just uh, tied them. Atlanta finally just tied them this year. So Yeah, so that used to always be a thing that I thought about. The, used the, to the grind Marlins. my gears. Either that or are the Phillies going to make a run on him? God, I hope not. Please don't. I don't know. I, he could come to the NL East, and, uh, man, he was amazing with the Reds. Yeah. Uh, shame on, on, on that. I don't think they're going to sign him. I, I think they're in rebuild kind of mode out there. But That's why I say let's get him out in San Francisco. Let's, yeah, uh, let, let's keep let's him plot it. Let's plot a deal for him to go to San Francisco. Uh, we're going to speed it up a little bit now. Uh, we've got, I've got, I think, three more free agents I want to talk about. Um, <clears throat> first, let's talk about our good friend because you can't dislike this guy. Anthony Rizzo um, was traded from the Cubs to the Yankees um, at the deadline this year. Great ball player, even better person. If you've heard his story, it is absolutely remarkable. Um, so yeah, where does uh, where does Anthony Rizzo end up? Does he go back to New York? Um, New York. I hate to be making fun of these big name teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers, but. They're about to big. They want to make big splashes, and they want someone who can hit by a a ton more than him. Uh, Rizzo's a good first baseman, but I I don't know if he's going to end up with them. Uh, if if New York is smart, they would keep someone like him, who's a good clubhouse leader, who can hit for power sometimes. Uh, so you know, it's uh, I think that would be a spot for him. The Cubs would they would they bring him back? You that's know, what I think is uh, going to happen. I honestly think that's going to happen. That could happen. I think that's so, going to happen. I think Anthony Russo is going to go back to Chicago. I think they'll lock him up to maybe like a three-year deal. Um, but I think the Cubs bring him back. I mean, for that rebuild, you need that voice in your locker room. Anthony Rizzo is a Chicago icon. I think Cubs fans would be thrilled to have him back. Brought him a World Series ring. Why yes. not bring him back? Yes, Should absolutely. we do rapid fire for the, the last couple here? Yes, rapid fire. Carlos Correa. I think the New York Yankees are going to pay him well. Carlos Correa is a douchebag who is all about uh, <laughs> money. So he's going to go with the biggest bidder. And guess what? I think the Yankees are going to go for it. Yep, I, I think so too. I think that um, – actually, I changed that. I think Detroit – I think he's going to go – I think Detroit ends up getting him. Oh, you know, I forgot. The Tigers are trying to make a big uh, splash as well, and that has been a big – uh, talk because Baez went out there, correct? Right, so, right. You, I mean, you put Baez a second, but Correa short. That's a good team. Man, that um, would be a scary team. But anyway, rapid fire. Now we got to talk about our guy. It, it's one that we're frustrated, hadn't gotten done yet, but it's going to happen. And here are three reasons why Freddie Freeman will remain an Atlanta Brave in the 2022 season and beyond. Uh-huh. Number one, I'm incur- as weird as this sounds, I'm encouraged that he didn't sign a deal anywhere else before the lockout, which means he is waiting to see what's going to happen. The universal DH has come out, finally. So I think that's a good sign that things will, will come together for Freddie Freeman. 
Number two, he loves it in Atlanta. He is a personable guy. He loves it in Atlanta. I find it hard for him to leave Atlanta. I think he wants to wait on the Braves. Um, yeah. And number three, Chipper. This the same thing happened with Chipper Jones back many years ago. Mm, I forgot about that. Yeah. And it worked out. He came back. So I'm just I'm waiting for the right time. I think you know the slot. Everybody's like, "What have we resigned Freddie yet?" Well, number one, dummies, we're still in the lockout. Number two, um, I think that they were waiting to see what was going to happen here. Now we have the universal DH. I think we will sign him to a longer deal. I could see maybe eight years, $200 million, Freddie Freeman coming back to Atlanta. He, he wants to give Atlanta a hometown discount. He's come out and, uh, I mean, basically reports have said that. So, yeah. Um, yes. So that's it. Freddie so Freeman here's my thoughts on Freeman. All right, here we go. He has to be with Atlanta. Absolutely, he does. If he isn't, it's the fault of the general manager – in the front office, and we shall blame them for the rest of our existence. Mm. Uh, because he is, in many ways, the reason we were in the World Series, and he was in it thinking, you know, and then he was there at all. If the Braves bring back Ozuna, who beat his wife and had all these terrible <laughs> things, and do not re-sign Freeman. You're absolutely right. What a shame of, an or, of organization. That is something the Mets would do. And for us to be in the position to do that is a shame. So that can happen. Somebody was talking about that, and it's a good point. We really bring Ozuna back and not sign. Freddie's only asking six years, $180 million. That is a bargain for a player as big as him. They have said that the six-year mark is kind of the reason the Braves are a little concerned because in six years— They'll be like 38 years old. Let me look. Well, yeah, it's not just that. There's a lot of free agents within the Braves. I think Ozzy Albies, Acuna will be the next year. So it, I think it Acuna's makes— Acuna's locked up for another six, seven years. Yeah, but it, it'll be close. What I'm yeah. saying, it'll be—so I think it's the following year after that deal expires. So they're afraid. I think Freed has to sign. Uh, you got Dansby coming up next Dansby year. Dansby as well. So— there's a lot of moving pieces, so they're a little afraid of that, but they shouldn't. Who cares if he starts slumping then? Uh, he's he's more than just a really good player. He's a you, good person. We so. talked about building from the farm. The Braves have plenty of shortstops in the farm. Yeah. If you get rid of Dansby, if you lose Dansby after next year, I would like for them to resign him, but there's that. Um, but uh, they don't have a lot of first basemen. Yeah. And so that's where the issue lies there. All right. So we're running out of time. We're running short on time. So we're going to do a little bit of a rapid fire. Um, we're going to go do a little throwback here. We're going to talk about players that we wish we could have seen in their prime. I made a video last uh, last week on TikTok about Hank Aaron because it was his birthday. And I made a video honoring him about him being a guy that I wish I could have seen back in the day. Um, so, Jose, I want to know your list of guys that you wish you could have seen play back in the day. I know there are many more than just five. But yeah, this is tough. Obviously, Ken Karen, what baseball player could not, um, you know, could say no to the, the, the home run king? Right. Um, Babe Ruth. I know everybody talks about him being the greatest player, but can you imagine the dude that would smoke cigars and call his shots of home runs and hitting it? And still to this day, 2021, 2022, you know, we're in 2022 now. <laughs> I'm thinking the last season. Nobody, there's so many records that people have come not even close to. The guy was smoking a cigar and hitting uh, and would go to bars beforehand and afterwards. Like The guy was a, a, a complete legend on and off the field. Uh, imagine seeing someone like him, and we're seeing Shohei Otani do some of the things that he did. So 
wow. I mean, before then, like, you've never heard of anything right. like being a pitcher. He was an amazing pitcher. I mean, he could have been a Hall of Famer just by being a pitcher. All right. Uh, so, him, that would be cool uh, to see. I mean, that's just a dream. But uh, Jackie Robinson and, 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 his, and, and what he did for the game of baseball, um, I think that would be good. I think that would be amazing to see. Uh, some of these guys like Willie Mays, uh, can you imagine seeing that catch? Oh my gosh! Uh, that he had out there. In I the made outfield? a catch like that one time actually when did I played really? little league. I made a catch like that, but definitely Willie Mays made it look way easier than I did. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's honorable mentions like Stan Musial for the Cardinals and uh, uh, Ted Williams. Oh, my dad was it. My dad. Used to follow. I mean, the Braves were always his favorite team, but he used to really love the Boston Red Sox. Used to love watching um, Wade Boggs. Would, would go back and watch Ted Williams highlights all the time. Yes. Yeah, Ted Williams Babe Ruth was, was an original Brave. Yes, he was an original Brave. Um, Lou Gehrig as well. Ooh, man, another Mickey Mantle. I mean, just the list goes on and on. But my list, my top five: Hank Aaron, of course, number one. Um, just why, who wouldn't want to watch Hank Aaron play? Babe Ruth at two. Uh, Jackie Robinson at three. Wow. Pete Rose at number four. Oh, Pete Rose at number four. I would have loved to have seen Pete oh, Rose. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, play back in the day. And number five, I, I got to see a lot of this of this guy play for a few years, but I really wish I could have seen him play in his prime. King Griffey Jr. Oh yeah! Could you, you imagine what King Griffey Jr. in his prime, man? I did not get to see him. Unbelievable. Um, he played the game right. He was one of the many guys that um, one of the or one of the select. I guess I could say many, but select few that didn't get caught up in the steroid scandal. So King Griffey Jr. is another one of those guys that man, I just loved watching him play. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I did get to see him play, but man, he was towards the tail end of his career by that time. But man, I would have loved. To have he seen him made play the game prime. fun. He makes the game fun. He's quick. He was, I mean, just very athletic. And just all around a great baseball player. But anyway, whatever the list goes on and on. Jose and I might do another segment of this later on. Um, There's still the some season. notable free agents we missed. Um, and yes, we will probably do a part two of our free agent series at some point this season. Um, maybe next week. We haven't really decided what we're going to do next week. But uh, but uh, so we will get into that for sure and bring you our predictions. But first, speaking of predictions, the Super Bowl is happening and literally. Less than an hour. Jose, who you got tonight? Um, I'm going to go for, I guess, the underdogs, the Bengals. I hate L.A. and all their fans. So <laughs> go Bengals, go. So I made a post on social media this morning giving my prediction on the Armchair Banter Facebook page, which if you're on Facebook and you listen to this show, give us a follow. We're also on TikTok and Instagram. Um, but I... I really like Joe Burrow. I really like Cincinnati. I love the city. I love the people that I've interacted with from Cincinnati. Man, I'm torn. I gave my prediction saying it's going to be 30 to 24, the Rams. Matthew Stafford grew up playing college football, probably 15 minutes up the road from here at the University of Georgia. Um, the Braves won a World Series this year. The Dogs won a national championship this year. Everybody kept saying the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super yep. Bowl, but mm-hmm. maybe it's the Bengals' time. My score prediction is thirty to twenty-four. St. Uh, not St. Louis, L.A. I got yeah the cities mixed up for a second because the Rams used to play in St. Louis, but um, 
but I would love to see the Bengals win one. Um, I just think home field advantage is going to play a factor, but we'll see. We'll see. Thank you to those who tuned in or that are going to tune in and listen to the show. Thank you for those that have been tuning in. Jose and I have had a lot of fun bringing you these podcasts and we're looking forward to bringing many more. Hopefully baseball will be started up soon. Um, Lord, please let there be baseball yes. soon. Um, and uh, we'll be able to bring you guys some stuff. Hopefully, uh, we'll Even bring from the ballpark. Yeah. That's one yes. thing we wanted to do. Jose and I have many fun plans with this show. We want to do a podcast from the ballpark. Um, but yeah, guys, we, we, we hope to bring much more content in the near future. And uh, we're going to bring a part two to the free agent series here soon. So be sure to listen up to that. Thank you guys again. This has been another episode of Touch Em All. Have a great night and enjoy the game. Thank you.